Classic by Shiana. Hi, it's Shiana. Welcome to Who You Callin' Holistic. Happy third, well, I don't know what day you're listening to this. I'm out every Thursday, so welcome if you are new here. If not, then, um, hey friends. I'm recording today at GOT Sound Studio. Shout out to Neek. Um, I have been talking a lot lately about uh, the body, the mind, you know, the things I usually talk about. But I was having a conversation recently about grief things, and I was like, mm, maybe it's time to to dig a little deeper on that topic because this is something that keeps coming up for a lot of people lately. Um, so before we get into all of that, I'm putting out that disclaimer. If you are not in a good space right now to talk about or listen um, to grief things or you know, maybe that's just not what you're into in this moment, then you might not want to listen to this episode. However, if you are dealing with grief currently or you are looking for more information about processing it or what else? Mm, maybe you just need uh, some more insight on it. Then this is a great episode to tune into. So before we get into the, the heavy things, that I'll do my best to make light because that's that's what what an alchemist does. Um, make sure you subscribe to my Patreon. If you are not already on my email subscriber list, do that as well. You know I'm gonna have some Black Friday specials dropping, so you wanna be a part of that, you wanna be in the loop, so make sure you are on my email list. It is in the show notes. And again, just a reminder, if there's things that I don't remember to cover on here as I'm speaking, because it happens sometimes, you guys know I black out, um, then always check the show notes because I do my best to include the things that I may have forgotten or just the other links of things that I've referenced within the episode. Cool? All right. So what started this? This Okay, so I was thinking earlier, a lot of my episodes, like some of them are downloads that I receive to share. Some of them are moments of reflection that, again, I also share. Some of them are kind of like a master class. You're welcome. Um, this one might be a little bit of all of them, all right? But I know it was definitely mostly what began it as a reflection because you guys know I talk about Scorpio season and how I have like a love-hate relationship with it. And let me give you some context. So in... November, every single November, and I don't know how many people are familiar with, you know, The Body Keeps the Score. I have the book. I still haven't read it because I'm very familiar with the elements of the topic because I, you know, I do body work and I work on mental and emotional healing and spiritual with what I do already. So I'm familiar, right? And I also am familiar because personal experience. So over the weekend, I had like this, just this aggravation. I couldn't put my finger on it. I was just like, ugh, ugh. Like I, I wasn't, like I was mad and aggravated and just like annoyed, but I didn't really have like a reason to be. And I was like, what is this? Like, where is it coming from? And I had some friends invite me to Charlotte for the day and I was like, eh, no, I just wanna be here. Like I don't, I don't feel like being around people. I want to do businessy things and I want to hermit. And it was really rainy that day anyway. Like, not my favorite time to go out and gallivant around the city. Um, 
So I already had that excuse. It was cool and chilly too. So, you know, I wanted to, you already know it's hard to get me out of the house. And now I have the fireplace going, like, come on. Like the, there's a much better time to be had where I am, you know, that's what I felt anyway. So I was just really like, uh, uh, couldn't put my finger on it. And I had even like said that to myself, like, is this yours? Do you need to return it to somebody? Like, where is this coming from? And that day was also Veterans Day. And um, to, to give you some backstory here, so when my dad, there's something in my eye, when my dad passed away, I was in high school. I was 15 at the time, and I was in ROTC. For those who don't know that I was in ROTC, I was in ROTC for three years, um, which is wild now, but also it makes sense because it taught me leadership things amongst other things, just wild that I entertained going down that route for a career, but thank God I didn't. Kudos to those who do, but anyway, that wasn't my my mission, my ministry. So in high school, around the time that my dad passed, we were in ROTC uniforms that day because we were honoring Veterans Day, right? So anytime Veterans Day comes around, and sometimes it's observed, I don't, I don't even remember what the rules are, what day specifically, or maybe it's the second Friday or the first, I don't remember what day it's like honored, appreciated, celebrated, all of that. But that particular year, um, we were in our uniforms for Veterans Day. And that is the day that like when I got home, my mom shared the news that my dad had passed, right? So any Veterans Day, there's like this reflection of that sometimes. Let me, let me not even say all the time, because for those who have lost a loved one, you understand, like, there's sometimes that anniversaries, death dates, birth dates, whatever, those come up, and sometimes you're just kind of like, ah, you know, and then other times it's just kind of like, huh, that happened, that happened that day, but then sometimes it's a random Tuesday, and it is a shit show, you can't stop crying, you might be, like, dry heaving or whatever, like, Grief is just strange in that way. And for those who don't have that experience yet, it's hard to explain. But for those who do have that experience, you already know. You know what the fuck I'm talking about because you're like, yeah, that, that one Tuesday will get you every time. And so every Veterans Day and then every, um, my dad passed away on the 12th of November. So his birthday is November 17th and he transition November 12th. So five days in between, you know, that weird space or whatever. But every November 12th, I usually have loved ones or friends. Somebody reaches out and says like, hey, I'm thinking of you. And I appreciate that. However, when it happened last year, and I thought I had said something, but clearly I hadn't because it happened again this year. But when it happened last year, I remember thinking, like, I need to talk to them about that. You know, I, I need to, to have a conversation because I don't want I don't want that to be my check in. You know, like I don't want that to be the benchmark for, oh, let me check in on her. And if you are listening and you are the strong friend like me, um, if you don't have support and things implemented for your own self-care, then, you know, things can get rocky. And for the most part, like, because I know I'm the strong friend 
I have been the strong friend for quite some time. A lot of people already say like, oh, Shiana's good. No, you're good. I didn't think to check in on you. You're good. And honestly, like 300, I want to say three. I want to say 360, but let me, let me say 355 days, just in case. Let me leave some room for wiggle room. But 355 days out of a 365-day calendar year, I am good. I'm great. All is well. I'm, I'm living life. I'm fine. I'm healthy. All's good. All is well in my life. However, those other give or take 10 days, I might be going through it. So... If you're familiar with how, you know, like if you've been in a car accident or you've experienced some sort of trauma, your body remembers that, right? So for me, every, say, November 12th, you know, my body probably remembers something took place around here that made you uncomfortable. You didn't like this. This is what happened to your body in that moment as a reaction, right? So energetically, emotionally, like I'm already connected to let me plan for that kind of, you know, like I'm already ahead of the game and like you might have this response, you might have that reaction on that date. However, I don't necessarily need the support on that date. I need it for the random Tuesday, right? And I think that like we just, we have to understand that that is how these things work. And that's why, you know, like if you've got a friend right now that you haven't checked in on the strong friend, you got the strong friend, or maybe you're the strong friend, um, this is that reminder to check in on that friend. And again, I'm good. Like all is well. And again, I have my support system. I have my, y'all know I shared all my self-care tools. Well, most of my self-care tools. So I do the things to help me get through the things, but I do just have that level of support, you know, ongoing anyway. And then I also have the friends that know, because I also have, my friends are also the strong friends. (laughs) So because of that, we know how we have to move or check in or, you know, like give each other space or whatever the case. But like, we have that understanding of one another. Um, But if you do have a strong friend in your corner, or you're the strong friend, like just understand like it's not necessarily going to be that anniversary that that particular date like check on the strong friend on the other dates check on the strong friend on a morning that they cross your mind or right now as they cross your mind like whatever the case it's not necessarily going to be that date that something traumatic happened that is probably I don't want to say that's the least of my worries on the list but it's down there You know, like it comes up and I'm kind of like, huh, that happened. And then again, there's other days that it's like, it has nothing to do with that date. It might be an event that I I participated in. And it's like, oh, I wish he was here for that. You know, check in on those moments or like support in those moments. Those are the ones that make the difference. Um, What else did I want to say? I can go down a whole rabbit hole with this one, but I'm also like, maintaining, um, being able to share this without, without getting too much in a rabbit hole of my own sadness too. So for those who don't know the story of my dad, whenever he passed, he was shot and killed. Um, and 
to this day, they still don't know who was responsible. And if you were listening to one of my other episodes, like y'all know, I know people I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure. And I'm fairly certain if I wanted to get the answers to what took place, which I did get some answers. I had a whole like movie mapped out on, on the events that took place. Um, but if I wanted to know who, who's responsible for that, I, I would go digging myself and ask for help with that. Cause y'all know, I know people that know things, right? Like if I don't know it, I know somebody who knows it. That sounds like some shit she answered. And because of that, um, there's also this, like, I don't want to know, you know, like if it's, if it's meant for me to know, it'll come to light. Cause that's what always happens. That sounds like some shit she answered. Always. Um, but I don't want to force that either, you know? So, um, because of that, there's, you know, there's attachments to, I don't want to say, like, there's some abandonment in that, but there's also elements of just, like, unfinished business, you know? And not not to say I'm going to finish it. I have no no plans to do that kind of thing. But there's just, like, un, a lot of unanswered questions around that, right? And it makes sense that I do a lot of the work that I do which is like tapping into the unanswered questions and just sitting with it because we don't always need to know the answers, right? And, um, but it also just gave me some insight recently with the way I've grown up with that information and that event that took place and looking at my loved ones and then even the clients that I help now and those events that take place in their lives and like how they get support and how they've been maneuvering around that or with it in the meantime, right? So one of the things that um, I was thinking about was just like how a lot of times nobody really taught us how to deal with grief, right? It's not something that school definitely didn't teach it. And um, if you don't have a parent that is familiar with it, then who are you gonna learn it from? And I was thinking back and this isn't to like talk down on my mom at all. Like if anything, this just gave me, y'all, y'all love my mom. Y'all love Pat. Y'all, y'all hear her on her shit. Shiana says all the time, but it just gave me more of an understanding of what she was dealing with at that time too, when my dad passed. So when I was thinking about it, um, my dad passed away in 2001. So I know I mentioned in one of the podcasts, like September 11th is a, is a date too that comes up around the events that transpired because September 11th is the last time I had a phone call with him. And he had called just to apologize for anything that had taken place that, um, that may have caused a rift between us. And it almost sounded like, you know, how some people say that they think that the person who passed knew that they were about to go. Like it does make me question that kind of thing. Cause it's like, did, did he know? And he just wanted to make amends just, just to make amends, um, or you know, just just to make amends, just to do it right. So September 11th was a date, 2001, and then, um, but I was thinking about how around that time, because again, I was 15. November 2001 is when that happened. When I was looking at, because I even had to, y'all, I went into a whole like, I was looking at ancestry things before I came on here to talk about this stuff, I was um, messaging my aunt over in England, my mom's sister, um, just to get dates and stuff, because I was like, wait a minute, 
you know, I'm connecting the dots. You know that Zach Galifianakis gif where he's got the he's got the math on the thing and he's doing on the thing in his mind. I guess he's doing like formulas and stuff in his mind. That's how it was when I was like piecing together these puzzle pieces. But for context, my mom's mom passed away in March of 1998. My mom's and then my dad passed in 2001. And then my mom's dad passed away in July 2002. So when I thought about that, I was like, oh, shit, like, that's that's real heavy. Like, I know that a lot of us go through some shit, but that is heavy, heavy. So, like, you mean to tell me only, what, 1999 and the 2000 was, like, the only break she had in that time of, of grieving things? And, you know, there's not even a break in between that because she had three children to take care of. So, um, and then I was just also thinking in terms of the organs and stuff that are associated with grief and the, the way our body tries to keep us safe with those things that happen. Um, so also background, my grandparents on my mom's side, both immigrated from Ireland to England. So they were both very, very Irish. Um, they married in England. They had their kids in England. They built a life in England. But when I think about, you know, when when you start doing like ancestral healing and you tap into generational healing and the things that may have taken place over the years and over the ancestral lineage things that have created the way you move now, you know, things start to make sense. So like when I think about their upbringing and then moving to England and all of that, I think about like the root chakra things. And then I think about, you know, my dad's side of the family and we have low country on that side of the family. So without a doubt, there's some slavery things that took place. So again, more root chakra things, more trauma things. And, you know, you put these things together and that's a, that's a nice, lovely combo there. Um, but then my, both of my parents, and I know that this is also like, a, I feel like this was a generational thing too. And then obviously you guys know my mom is British. So I also think that this was a British thing too, but a lot of people just smoked cigarettes in the 80s, right? And 80s and 90s. And so both of my parents smoked cigarettes like all the time. My mom drank-ish, um, but like on the weekends. My dad definitely drank. Um, again, he was a Scorpio, y'all. Like, y'all, again, you see my love-hate relationship with Scorpio things. But um, so both of them smoked regularly, heavily, and you know, when I was thinking about lung things for grief, because that is the organ associated with it in Chinese medicine, I was like, okay, so perhaps, and I know nicotine is addictive anyway, so that's a whole other thing in itself, but, you know, perhaps they were smoking cigarettes regularly to address grief that they were already carrying, right? And then it also made me think of, you know, I like to smoke, duh. And I know a lot of y'all like to smoke too. So, you know, is, is that in a way self-medicating or not even, yeah, we can say self-medicating. Is that the medicine that we're using for our grief? Is that the medicine that that generation was using for their grief? Instead of, let me not even say instead of, cause I like and. And incorporating other healing elements to those self-care toolkits. And then um, 
I was even just thinking of like, who else in that family? My mom's sister, she, cause I feel like, you know, there's always, there's always one in the family, right? So my mom's younger sister is the one in her family that has um, some of the other gifts and she can, she used to have visions and she used to see things and everybody in the family thought, you know, she was crazy. And then it, whenever I started doing what I do now, I remember having that conversation with my mom and I was like, tell me more. And I was like, okay, just, just so you know, um, I don't think she's crazy. And I think that there was probably some truth to what she was telling y'all. And, um, you know, they're all now in their 50s and 60s and just now kind of getting okay with the fact that that is a possibility that people can see things that, you know, that aren't necessarily visible to us. And just changing those perspectives and changing the way that our family members see these things to break these, I don't, want to, I don't even want to say break these generational curses, break these generational beliefs and structures that no longer serve us. And um, I was also just thinking, you know, back when I, because I know I, I recently had Jamel on here, we were talking about healing crises, and I've discussed my healing crisis many, many, many times, but I'm also the youngest in the family. And like I said, like our family wasn't huggy, huggy, lovey, dovey. Um, let me give you a hug before it wasn't, that wasn't our thing. And understanding like my mom's upbringing and my dad's upbringing and then just how a lot of it was survival based, right? A lot of the, their movements, a lot of how they lived was based off survival. And then, um, in my healing crisis in back in 2015, which again, obviously it didn't just start in 2015. 2015 is the time that came up that I was like, all right, <laughs> this is too much. Let's fix this shit. Like it's enough is enough because before I was getting, I had like a standalone prescription for, um, Z packs, which are good for like sinus things and aller Yeah. Mainly sinus things. And because I was just getting sinus infections all the time, it was like, Hey, I'm here again, got another sinus infection. And it was like, oh yeah, you already got you already got a prescription ready. Go ahead and pick it up. But then it wasn't until 2015 that I went to all the specialists, all the doctors, all of the referrals that just made me feel crazy because nobody was fixing anything. But one of the things that I was experiencing in that, because I also had to have a hearing test, I had a tube put in my ear that didn't do anything but hurt. Um, but along that time frame, um, one of the symptoms I had that was driving me batshit crazy was I had the, I had the ringing in my ear tinnitus, but it wasn't just the ringing in my ear. It just felt like I was in a fishbowl. Like there was, there seemed to be like an echo around me all the time. Um, I just, I wanted to like put my hands on my ears and just hold them there. Like that felt better. Nothing I was doing was fixing it. And then when I started going to acupuncture. Um, oh yeah, because of that, by the way, I was getting vertigo. So I was just dizzy all the time. I was like, I don't even want to drink. Like I already feel drunk all the time. I couldn't drive to work. I couldn't drive downtown. Even massaging was weird. And luckily, you know, massages were just like an hour to an hour and a half time span. So there was like, okay, if I'm a little dizzy during this, I can make it, you know, 
the room is dark. If anything, I just need to hold my hand to steady me a little more, right? But moving with dizziness, doing a massage is a lot different than driving downtown, sitting at a computer for eight hours and driving back downtown, way, way different. So, but I was just looking at like, you know, in the fall, the elements in Chinese medicine with what we should be focused on and giving more support to are the lungs and large intestine. So, you know, the large intestine as far as like letting things go, letting that shit go, as we mentioned. And then again, the lungs, grief, sorrow, that kind of thing. Um, And, you know, I already mentioned I had that theory, my conspiracy theory about how mental health things come up and how there's just an overall large amount of collective grief in the fall. And, you know, again, the, those lungs and large intestines go hand in hand because grief is just a loss. And, you know, I think a lot of people just assume grief is something to do with somebody dying. And it's, no, it's bigger than that. It's, it's the loss of an identity. It's the loss of a dream, the loss of, it can be, yes, the loss of someone, the loss of something. Um, but it's not just losing somebody. It's, it's a loss. And so I feel like going into the fall, in a sense, is supposed to, I don't want to say like make us okay with letting go and, and grieving, but it's also just supposed to slow us down um, and allow things to be let go of. Because the other seasons, well, you know, like spring and summer are, well, I don't even want to say those seasons. Because of the society we live in, we are conditioned to think that all of the seasons are go mode. And all of the seasons are a time to produce and show up and create and do. Well, all the seasons are a time to create. But there's like different levels of the creating and how to go about doing that. But fall and winter are a time to go inward and reflect and rest. And, you know, you can still be social. You can still do things outside of the house, unlike me, because I like to hermit sometimes. But I do still go outside. Um, It's just a healthy balance of it. But as far as fall and winter go, it is very much a time to be okay letting go and to be okay resting. And when it comes to winter, which, you know, we'll have the winter solstice coming up in December. And winter, again, is kidneys. So I remember for me, when I was getting the acupuncture, the stuff that was going on with me, and I remember I was like, let me pull up some, like, kidney, like, weak, weak kidney meridian, I can't even talk, weak kidney meridian things. And one of, one of them on here is ear problems, tinnitus, <laughs> um, irregular menstruation, fatigue, um, hypersensitivity to cold. I know some of these are even associated with like thyroid things too. But I remember I was like having all of these, like the whole list of a weak kidney was everything I was dealing with. And then I was like, okay. So thinking back, um, again, this mine started in 2015, but I was living with my mom until, you know, I graduated high school and then went to 
College of Charleston for a couple of years. So when did I go to College of Charleston? 2005? 2005. So again, we lost my dad um, and both of her parents in 98, 2000, what, 2002 and 2001, right? And knowing what I know now, I'm very much a sponge for the energy around me. And I'm even a mirror or reflection oftentimes of the energy around me. So when I think back about, you know, the time that she didn't have a chance to grieve and the time that I was living there and around it and like probably just how much of that I absorbed then and how that probably, you know, turned into my chronic sinus infections. Because I don't know if I've, I've mentioned this or not before, but I did, um, I remember like my dad's job with the, whatever package they had with money and like things that, that they give to you after you lose a loved one. Like I had X amount of therapy visits I could use or something, but the therapist that I had was like some old white man and I didn't relate to him. Um, I didn't feel like I could share things with him. And then I felt like the things he was saying about my dad weren't great. They weren't um, speaking very highly of his character. And that's not what you want to hear in that moment. And I wasn't comfortable enough at the time to speak up to say, hey, can I have another therapist? And I'm sure my mom wasn't comfortable at the time to say, hey, let's get you another therapist. Like, none of us knew what we were doing in this. This was all new to navigate. Um, so as far as, like, learning how to grieve then, I still didn't get the tools Right. I still didn't get the tools by going to therapy because I didn't have a successful therapy uh, experience because it was more than one visit. But, um, yeah, I just didn't have a successful therapy experience. So I still didn't learn how to grieve the things. So then it built up in my body, kidney things, chronic sinus infection things for what? All those years, all those years. So then finally, when I did address it in 2015, this was what, over 10 years? 10 years of like uh, repressed grief and not just grief for myself, but grief from my, I can say my family members, because I'm sure it wasn't just my mom, right? Because again, I, I absorbed a lot of people's everythings and I still do, which like now I know how to separate it. And it works a lot of times with my work because I can feel it, I can feel what I need to work on. Um, but also, again, I have the support now and I have more tools in my toolkit that I've added over the years to get through it. Um, but it was just making me think like as far as the smoking goes and addressing our grief with our lungs. But other things that um, other people just might be doing to self-medicate to address their grief that they're not necessarily um noticing that they're doing. And I know, again, even that energy center, that is the heart chakra. So I get a lot of people, I get a lot of clients that they take care of other people already. That is what they do, whether it is what they do at home or they have a career where they take care of people. But because of that, um, that energy center is blocked or it's just, it's weak. We can say weak. We can even say weak. That works. Um, so what I do is help them strengthen that energy center. And that, that's why I say to wear green, to strengthen your heart shock. You see what color I'm wearing if you're watching it on YouTube. If you're not, you can watch it on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to my YouTube page. 
But um, when it comes to like wearing green to balance out that heart chakra, but when you have like a weakened or blocked heart chakra, that's when we seem to like, we give too much almost to our own demise. Like we're overgiving, we're oversharing, we're over, we're just overdoing it. Those are the ones that like are, you know, they call you a bunch just to be like, just making sure you're, you're, you know, you're not mad at me like that. That's the, that's that imbalanced heart chakra energy. Um, and just like how much of that can go on without us knowing and how long it can go on for. And then I know for me personally, whenever I was doing all of this healing over the years, physically, um, and I, I had like a whole theory about this. I don't even want to say this is a conspiracy theory because I, I don't have enough testers yet to figure out if this is real or not. But anyway, one of my theories that I think about sometimes is when we are like based off of our elements, for instance, I'm a Capricorn, but again, there's other elements of the chart that are included. So, but I'm very much a lot of earth and a lot of fire. And I know as I was processing and doing a lot of that healing, what I needed more of was like physical touch. And, you know, so my massages were great for me. The energy work obviously was great for me too, because it helped align and rebalance things. But as far as the physical touch goes, you know, I feel like a lot of those who are dealing with, say, like grief, that area, when you think of that area um, in your body, even in the front, right? It's going to be your your sternum, your chest, your your pecs. And then when you think of the back of the body, it's your shoulders, it's your your traps. It's like that, you know, that upper body. And if you're watching this thing, you can see my, my movements that I'm doing with it. But like when we're grieving, when we're in a, like a saddened state, our body posture changes. Our, the way we move is a little different. We contract a lot more. Um, and then because of those things, you know, those things get tightened on us. And that's why I mentioned like the massages really helped for me, obviously, because I had a lot of years of, you know, con constricting and contracting everything within me. And then outside of that, I know obviously psilocybin things help too, but that wasn't until later. But even cacao, like I was doing cacao ceremonies, um, a lot of those I was doing during 2020, I want to say, like the start of the pandemic things. Um, and that's a, a heart opener as well. So I feel like physically when you are going through grief, um, it's good to have the support that can still soften you. So like I mentioned for me, that was physical touch with massages and it was also the cacao, which was a heart opener because what happens is, you know, we, we're, we're crying, we're grieving, we're like letting things go emotionally, energetically, and we still need that support to allow us to stay soft as we're doing that. Because the way it was before was you, you hold on to it. Or for me, let me not say you. I don't know your life all the way. I do know it a little bit, though. Um, but for me, I was holding on to things 
physically with my body so much that my body was physically hardened. My shoulders, my, my upper body, everything was just a lot harder to the touch. And then I started doing the other work and things softened physically, energetically, and emotionally. So if you are currently going through some sort of grief and there's, you know, there's the stages, I looked those up too. And I was like, I don't even feel like talking about those. Those, everybody can Google those. Y'all don't need that information. It's Googleable. Um, but then I was just thinking of some of the other stuff and some of the other support that's out there. And I even thought about, you know, of course, I'm going to plug the Salt Cave because I've been having events there. So make sure um, if you haven't been yet, even if you're not in South Carolina, find you a Salt Cave. I know there's one nearby. If you are in South Carolina, I've been having those Salt Cave events with Reiki and sound healing. So make sure you come to one of those because it's not even just the Reiki alone with it. You know, obviously that's going to address your, your grief, your, your, all the other energy centers too. And based off the moon things, I'm also focusing on what we're working on at the time anyway. But outside of that, like the salt cave itself is going to be great for the lungs because it's healing the lungs. The salt gets in that system and helps heal your lungs. And then obviously it's also good or not obviously, but it's also good for skin things and kidneys and skin go hand in hand. And I even think, um, you know, kidneys, I know I mentioned on here earlier or on one of my recent episodes, how I needed to like add salt to my water because I don't think I, my body or my kidneys weren't necessarily like holding on to it enough. But, um, See, I didn't even go into the rabbit hole of kidney things. I know I mentioned the ear stuff too, but outside of that, when I think of kidneys, I also think of fear. So when I think about the winter and fear and I think about it being dark and how people are literally figuratively scared of the dark, how those things go hand in hand and how kidneys can be associated with um, needing to pee too much or... Um, not able to pee, like all of the things with your bladder and kidneys, those go hand in hand. So it only makes sense that like when, you know, some people get fearful of something, they might pee on themselves, that thing. So all of that's kidney related. So when you are fearful of things, you can also have other instances where you're, you're just going too much or there's like just issues with it. Um, when we even think about like UTIs and stuff, like kidney bladder things, fear. Think about those together. But anyway, so this is why, again, community is important for these moments to help support you through those dark times, literally the darker times of the year, and just to be there to support throughout, not just on the death dates and the, um, and the birth dates, but the other dates, the other 10 to 20 days of the year that you might not be feeling your best. Um, before I close out, I wanted to share, every time I think about talking about grief, um, there was this post that I saw years and years ago. And anytime I think about how to explain what grief is, I think about this post. And it's on Reddit. Um, so you may be familiar with it. Um, if not, I'm going to read it to you today. So somebody was just on Reddit, you know, asking about grief. And here's the response. All right, here it goes. I'm old. 
What that means is that I've survived so far, and a lot of people I've known and loved did not. I've lost friends, best friends, acquaintances, coworkers, grandparents, mom, relatives, teachers, mentors, students, neighbors, and a host of other folks. I have no children, and I can't imagine the pain it must be to lose a child. But here's my two cents. I wish I could say you get used to people dying. I never did. I don't want to. It tears a hole through me whenever somebody I love dies, no matter the circumstances. But I don't want it to not matter. I don't want it to be something that just passes. My scars are a testament to the love and the relationship that I had for and with that person. And if the scar is deep, so was the love. So be it. Scars are a testament to life. Scars are a testament that I can love deeply and live deeply and be cut or even gouged and that I can heal and continue to live and continue to love. And the scar tissue is stronger than the original flesh ever was. Scars are a testament to life. Scars are only ugly to people who can't see. As for grief, you'll find it comes in waves. When the ship is first wrecked, you're drowning with wreckage all around you. Everything floating around you reminds you of the beauty and the magnificence of the ship that was and is no more. And all you can do is float. You find some piece of the wreckage and you hang on for a while. Maybe it's some physical thing. Maybe it's a happy memory or a photograph. Maybe it's a person who is also floating. For a while, all you can do is float. Stay alive. In the beginning, the waves are 100 feet tall and crash over you without mercy. They come 10 seconds apart and don't even give you time to catch your breath. All you can do is hang on and float. After a while, maybe weeks, maybe months, you'll find the waves are still 100 feet tall, but they come further apart. When they come, they still crash all over you and wipe you out. But in between, you can breathe, you can function. You never know what's going to trigger the grief. It might be a song, a picture, a street intersection, the smell of a cup of coffee. It can be just about anything, and the wave comes crashing. But in between waves, there is life. Somewhere down the line, and it's different for everybody, you find that the waves are only 80 feet tall, or 50 feet tall. And while they still come, they come further apart. You can see them coming. An anniversary, a birthday, or Christmas, or landing at O'Hare. You can see it coming for the most part, and prepare yourself. And when it washes over you, you know that somehow you will, again, come out the other side. Soaking wet, sputtering, still hanging on to some tiny piece of the wreckage, but you'll come out. Take it from an old guy. The waves never stop coming, and somehow you don't really want them to. But you learn that you'll survive them, and other waves will come, and you'll survive them too. If you're lucky, you'll have lots of scars from lots of loves and lots of shipwrecks. I hope to see you and speak to you again next week. I'm here every Thursday. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Make sure you meditate and hydrate. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Who You Call in Holistic. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share. You can find me and all my services on shiana.com. That's S-H-E-A-N-A-H. 